0: Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 62, verse 6 through 12, the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 4 through 7, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verse 1 through 20, and Psalm 97. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O oh Lord. Amen. <laughs> yesterday, just yesterday, we had a multitude of angels and sheep. Parking lot. They were singing Gloria in Excelsis Deo. And there were narrators and innkeeper shepherds, magi, camels, a donkey, an ox, and a cat. I thought it looked like a cat from a distance, and it was a cat. And of course, Mary and they're presenting the babe Jesus. And all were surrounded by delighted parents and grandparents and so many friends. The parking lot was full. This pageant was not in our beautiful sanctuary as it has been in pre-pandemic times. It was also not pieced together recordings from individual homes and yards, that very creative endeavor that many families participated in last year. This was an in-person, outdoor gathering of our families, especially our little ones. They were participating in a Christmas pageant in a way that allowed them to be safer and allowed all who attended to be safer. Not the pageant of our memories, but precious and hopeful it was a glorious pageant. Last night, at both the 7 o'clock and the 11 o'clock services, there were so many beloved, familiar faces, just as I see right now. Some we had not seen since the start of the pandemic. And there were new people, new people always welcome. One person who was new to the congregation last night gave a particularly heartfelt witness during the conversation that follows during the banquet service at our 7 o'clock service. At both services, we heard beautiful music and voices singing cherished Christmas carols, on behalf of all of us. At the end of these services, we went outside with lit candles so that we might bring all our voices together to sing our traditional closing, a silent night. Yet at both times, the wind was fierce. I don't think any candle lasted more than 10 seconds. So our service didn't end with that soft contemplative candlelight that we had had in the sanctuary during pre-pandemic time. But we were together, and we were outside and joyful and singing together that beloved hymn. There was so much joy in those moments. It wasn't reliving the memories of years past, but it was spirit-filled. And it was a profound gift in our current times. We've come a long way from our recorded service in an empty sanctuary last year, from our Christmas Eve drive-in service at Earthline Academy's parking lot in really freezing temperatures last year. We've come a long way. Yet those services were truly gifts in those moments. They were chances to participate together, be it virtually or be it in our individual cars. While we have come a long way and we have yet an unknown distance to go, the presence of the Holy Spirit, our love for God and for each other, have been palpable in guiding us all of this time. Life is rarely perfect, just the way we want it to be but life is so precious and filled with the Holy Spirit in so many wonderful and surprising ways. Our challenge is to not let the longings and our images of perfection hinder us from seeing and experiencing the gifts in each moment. Our gospel story from Luke this morning is such a profound illustration of the presence of gifts among challenges and difficulties. The events described in our gospel had to have been a profound challenge for Mary and Joseph, both so aware of their unique circumstances, both needing to trust each other and trust God in ways they might never have anticipated. And here they find themselves, with Mary giving birth to this baby in the humblest of settings, a stable, surrounded by livestock not even in a comfortable inn room a modest room, not even in privacy. We don't hear Mary and Joseph grumbling, as we might hear our own grumbling about our circumstances, but we can well imagine this was not at all what they had imagined. This is what, not what they had dreamed for, especially for the birth of this child conceived by the Holy Spirit, Foretold to be the savior of all people, the one so long awaited. Birth in a stable, their child resting in a manger, was certainly not likely in their plans. Yet this holy child is born, mother and child surviving, healthy, God in our midst in the most vulnerable of circumstances and human form and soon others will arrive to share the divine messages they have heard. The events of this gospel had to be a challenge for the shepherds living in the fields. First, they are terrified by the appearance of an angel standing before them, and then God shining around them, not thrilled, terrified. Shepherds are terrified. But the angel reassures them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Jew was born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. So there's a terror of this angel, the terror of the glory of God shining all around them. And yet they are receiving this message, this message that they had so long awaited to hear the message of a savior, the message of a Messiah. The angel describes how they will find this child wrapped in bands of cloth in a manger. And soon there as are, are, a heavenly host that appears also glorifying God. Once the angels depart, the shepherds somehow shift from action. Aware of this message, they are determined to go and see to see this child. It couldn't have been easy for the shepherds. And what about their sheep? We don't know what happened with their sheep. There is much to sort out, but they go to Bethlehem. They find Mary and Joseph, and they see the child. And they share the witness, the witness that they have experienced that will remain with them all the days of their lives. So from the humble ground of their fields, the shepherds have witnessed heavenly angels. And in the humble setting of a stable, they have encountered Mary and Joseph and a newborn child who would be savior of all. Whatever they might have expected that evening, it surely wasn't that. God is in their midst in the most profound way. Life is messy, perhaps feeling even more so in these days, still filled with so many challenges. We are messy too in our humanity and in our response to things not being the way we want them to be on so many levels. Yet God is with us in unexpected ways if we only open our minds, open our eyes, open our hearts. Yesterday, I was reading an editorial by Michael Gerson entitled, This Christmas, Hope May Feel Elusive, but despair is not the answer. He writes of how many have lost the simple confidence that better days are ahead and of the difficulty in sustaining hope. Gerson goes on to describe the context of the nativity story is misunderstood hope. He writes about how this story does not bring forth the Messiah that had been hoped for and awaited for centuries, the Messiah that would bring Israel out of exile and save her from her enemies. The story brings forth an infant in the humblest of circumstances, and angels appearing to shepherds shepherds who have no power or influence in what goes on. Instead of a triumphal figure, Gerson writes, we meet in this story, a God who goes to ridiculous lengths to seek us, and a God of hope who offers a different kind of security than the fulfillment of our deepest wishes. He promises the transformation of the heart in which we release the burden of our desires and live in expectation of God's unfolding purposes until all his mercies stand revealed. These times we are in continue to challenge us in many ways. We don't have the ease or false certainty that had been our place of comfort. What we once might have anticipated as a few weeks of inconvenience, then perhaps a few months will soon be approaching two years. We have had so many very real losses, whatever our circumstances. And it's hard to see where this experience may go next. And we know, in our hearts we know, we will not come through this unchanged not come through this unchanged. And it's not only the pandemic that weighs on us. We also may have our own individual concerns and challenges. Concerns of health, concerns for loved ones, concerns for for our livelihood, for our education. And we are living in the broader context of so many seemingly dysfunctional and divisive aspects of our world today. But the beauty, the beauty many of us have shared and continue to share in these difficult times is the experience of God in our midst, the deep awareness of our love for each other, the recognition of the preciousness of time with loved ones and being together in community. We might have previously taken these things a little bit for granted, not in any negative sense, but in a sense that it was expected. It was part of our daily lives. It's not that we didn't appreciate each other. It was just that time seemed so available and at our discretion. We had our multitude of choices of timing and circumstances. The pandemic has disabused many of us of that sense of control. Earlier this week, some of us participated in the longest night service. And in that service, we heard the words of John's gospel. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it." And we heard readings of several poems of blessings by Jan Richardson that spoke to our tangible human experiences of encounters with the light in the difficult moments of our lives. I'd like to close this morning with another of Jan Richardson's poems. It's entitled, How the Light Comes, a blessing for Christmas Day. How the Light Comes. I cannot tell you how the light comes. What I know is that it is more ancient than imagining, that it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us, that it loves searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten, or in peril, or in pain, that it has a fondness for the body, for finding its way toward flesh, for tracing the edges of form, for shining forth through the eye, the hand, the heart. I cannot tell you how the light comes, but that it does, that it will, that it works its way into the deepest dark that unfolds you, though it may seem long ages in coming or arrive in a shape you did not foresee. And so may we this day turn ourselves toward it. May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open more and open still to the blessed light that comes. Amen. Amen.